Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Black Stage Podcast. Uh, I'm thrilled to be able to share this episode with you all because I get to be in conversation with a friend of mine who I've known for years, uh, Davon Johnson. I've known Davon for almost 14 years now, and Davon is a visionary, uh, but he's really just someone who is an everyday guy who works very, very hard uh, to be great and excel at everything he does. He is a production designer uh, and an architect, and he has been behind some of your favorite commercials, some of your favorite museums, and also some of your favorite concert sets. He is humble, but he's concise in what he really wants. He is someone who knows his history, but he is someone who delivers in such a way that you wouldn't even believe that he's only almost, what, 32? Davon, are you 32? I think he's 32. He's only 32 years old and and it's it's incredible how wise he is. And so I really want you all to lean into this episode with open ears because you're going to learn some things and you're going to get some great gems from my friend. And so I'm not going to hold you. This is the Black Stage. All right. So we are uh, really excited to have on the podcast today, Davon Johnson. Davon Johnson is the founder of Davon Johnson Designs, LLC. Um, he does a lot of incredible work and you all are going to hear all about that on this podcast. I have known Davon for, I want to say, how many years have I known you, Davon? 14 years, 15 years? Since, since, since 2007, bro. That's, that's <laughs> what? That's 14. That's 14 years. Okay. So I've known Davon. Yeah. 14 years. So this is a definitely a full circle moment to be able to have him on the podcast and to talk to him about his journey. Um, I have a little bit insight on it, but uh, I'm excited for other people to, to hear it as well. So, so Davon, how you doing, man? I feel amazing, man. Um, beautiful day out here in sunny California. I'm on the West Coast. Um, we had a long night, man. So kind of just getting the day started and getting things going. <laughs> So excited to hop on the call with you, bro. Yeah, man. Uh, God bless you because the East Coast is is suffering from a lot of humidity, and I know the West Coast doesn't. So um, please, <laughs> please enjoy that uh, while you can, because I know you're traveling uh, this week. So we can talk a little bit about that too. But um, but you know, really, I wanted to talk to you because you know, obviously, I've seen I've seen climb, I've seen you so so much incredible work over the years, and it seems like you know all of the work that you've been doing for so long is kind of all coming together and being packaged to this into this perfect box that is just about to implode uh, globally around the world. So I was like, let me let me get Davon on a call real quick while I can still, uh, you know, I still got the same number um, to talk to him. <laughs> um, but, you know, but I, I want to start with, um, you know, really just, you know, what brought you into the world of design? Um, I know that, you know, you, you started college as an architecture major, um, but I know it didn't, that love for architecture and that love for design um, didn't start there. So, so where did it start? How did it start? And, and how did you build from there? So uh, I've always been an artist, man, ever since I could pick up a pencil. Um, and I come from a family full of creatives in their own perspective. Not necessarily particularly what I do as an architect, production designer, um, but my mom was a hairstylist, which is the art in itself. Uh, my grandfather was a painter, like uh, painted houses. And then before he retired, which is when he started painting houses, uh, he used to work for a huge fashion industry. Uh, so we used to be around a lot of clothes and, and fashion, and all, things of that nature. And then also the rest of my family is just super creative, man. Um, but like I said, you know, I, I've always been an artist or had an art since I was a kid. Uh, my parents always say, you know, you used to take shit apart and, and, and put it back together and build it. And they used to always be so amazed. Um, so I guess that was little hints of, of where I am today. Um, I really got the foundation. 
foundation of my artistry in, in high school, um, you know, freshman year, we had to pick electives and a lot of people were picking, you know, different, different respective fields. Uh, I decided to choose the art elective outside of playing sports as well. Uh, and that's when I was introduced to my muse and, and mentor at the time, Miss um, Nancy Turner from Loyola High School, man. So I took a, a drawing class with her, man. And honestly, you know, she kind of, like I said, became my muse. And really saw my skills and the gift that I have, you know, and honed it and kind of took me under her wing, you know, and I, I ended up taking her all through my college, I mean, high school career. And um, yeah, it wasn't until my senior year, you know, we started talking about colleges and, you know, what we want to do, you know, in, our, in this next phase of our life. And um, she asked me, you know, what was my plans? And at that time, I thought about being a, um, a storyboard artist for movies or a graphic designer. And she was like, well, what about architecture? And the moment she said that, it kind of, you know, hit that light bulb over the head, you know, moment. And in our community, you know, the, the Black culture, man, a lot of things don't get taught to us in regards to what we can do as trades. You know, and, and we definitely get taught like, hey, you know, should be a construction worker, they make a lot of money. But nobody really talks about, you know, being an architect and a person that designs the buildings. And honestly, like everything around us is architecture from the streets, street grid, urban planning, um, you know, buildings, houses, etc. Like, it's a large scale of, of our day-to-day life that is architecture, you know, and it's, it's not to somebody kind of like shines a light on it from that perspective that it's like, oh shit, you know, like this is this is the world, you know, uh, and definitely like something I should potentially be a part of. Uh, and like I said, as soon as she said that, I was like, yeah, you know what? I never thought about that. Like, I, I love that idea. I did my research and uh, sure enough, I was like, hey, this is what I want to do. With that being said, you know, fast forward, I ended up getting accepted to Hampton University. Um, I got accepted to other schools in LA, but I wanted to venture out I've always been an adventurous one in the family. So I was just like, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to make that move and go to Hampton across the country. I've been kind of in very diverse situations um, in, in schools throughout my life. So I want to be around my people for a change. And um, not not to scale down on diversity, because um, one of the things about going to Hampton, you know, um, it was it was diverse mixture of, of us African-Americans, you know, from the different diasporas. Um, and and it, it was beautiful, man. So that's kind of where I started my architecture career. Um, and, you know, the rest is history. One deep moment. I know I'm long winded, uh, but what makes the story. We, we, we appreciate the. Long <laughs> what, what makes the story really deep is, you know, like I just thought the architecture and the artist was an inkling. Um, and it kind of just like, you know, something I was interested in. But when I got to my senior year of college, so I went all four years uh, and I studied grad school. But my senior year of, of architecture, uh, we had this black historian come to talk about the history of architecture within the United States, but with emphasis on black architects. Um, and rewind, my great grandfather, my mom's side had passed away like two months before that historian came. And, um, when we had his funeral, we had family come that were like historians, man, in, in our own respective family, uh, that were kind of just talking about our lineage and our last names, et cetera. And, um, and, and a few of the last names that they mentioned that always stuck with me were the Matuires, the Hayes and the LaCour, which my grandfather, my great grandfather was a LaCour, uh, from Louisiana. And like I said, that always kind of stuck with me, like just like our, our foundation, our last name, et cetera. So going back to this historian, she was giving a lecture to the whole architecture department. And um, as she's talking about this history, she made a statement that one of the first black architectural families in the United States were Matuires. And like literally like I had this Holy Ghost kind of spiritual moment in the back of the lecture hall. Like, oh, shit, like that's me. You know, and I'm super cool. Mellow and Brennan, you know me. Like it's nothing that really kind of like ruffles my feathers too much. Uh, Ever. <laughs> the strangest so, thing. Yeah, so for me to have a shouting moment in the back of the classroom, man, that kind of just shows how much it hit me. Uh, and and sure enough, I did my research, and you know, 
I come from a lineage and a bloodline of architects where I thought I was just one of the only ones in my family, actually the only one in my family um, that, you know, pursued architecture. And, and that kind of says a lot about just what we go through as Black people in our culture. There's a void within our history that we don't know about. And a lot of times, we, like I said, we have these inklings or, or these things that we like and we think it's just a coincidence or whatever, but it's actually a part of our mold and a part of our blood, you know? And, um, and you know, it just kind of shows a lot about, you know, us just kind of tapping in and, and really figuring out who we are and um, how it just makes the journey of our careers and past or just whatever we're doing in our life that much easier. Because at that moment, you know, all the doubts of me being an artist or a designer or an architect specifically were taken out. And I would just focus on the mission and why I was put on this earth. So that's kind of like <laughs> my my story of how I became an architect, man. <laughs> the, 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 the story of man. Um, yeah, right, right. The story of man. You know, I, you know, one of the reasons why I, I love your story um, so much personally is because you took a lot of risk. You know, I think that, you know, no matter who you are, you, you go to college to get the knowledge to then get the job that will pay for the life or, or, or pay for the life that you want um, and pave the way for whatever, you know, lifestyle you, you want to inhibit. And, and I find it fascinating because you got the job, you know, that's the part that people need to really know about you. It's like, you got the job, you got the the best job that there could have been. I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not familiar as familiar with architecture, so you can talk more about it, but you got the best job that you get in your yeah. field and, and you walked away from it. And, and I really want to kind of talk about that experience because I think that there's a lot of people who, you know, will get the job or will, you know, want to take a take a risk, but they're afraid to do it. Um, and I really would love to hear just about like your thought process and how you kind of went about doing it and doing it such a, a young age, too. Did you talk to us about that? Yeah. So just to start off, what people really don't know is as soon as I got out of Hampton, when I got back home, my neighbor was a contractor. So I didn't go right into the workforce or should I say into corporate America until like my second year out of college. Uh, right when I got out, my neighbor found out that I graduated from architecture. And like I said, he was a huge, like multimillionaire contractor. Um, a very humble and beautiful black man uh, that lived across the street from us. And uh, he was like, hey, man, you just graduated from architecture school. I got a project for you. So two weeks into me being back in L.A., uh, I went down to the city and, and applied for a business license. <laughs> and, um, and I kind of started my own little business, you know, designing this this one off project uh, with my neighbor. And I did that for about a year. And then um, I started like volunteering and doing some stuff with just like production design and L.A. Fashion Week, just kind of like killing time. Um, but then after that, you know, I was just like, hey, I need to start raking some real money. And then also, like, you know, I didn't want all this work that I'm into architecture, this architecture program at Hampton to go to waste. So I was like, you know, it's time for me to start putting myself out there. I've had this entrepreneurial kind of moment for a second, um, but it's, it's time to start putting myself out there and getting into a company uh, where I can really kind of like create my foundation and, and start my, my career uh, in, in the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. So uh, I sent my resume and portfolio out to a, a bunch of different architects, man, and, and people that are in the architecture field. And um, I, I didn't get a lot of like a lot of um, how do I say this? Like a lot of people reaching back out, you know, uh, for various different reasons, whether they're busy or they mess, didn't particularly have the resources that I, I may have thought they had. Um, but there was one person in particular who was still one of my good friends and mentors today, Ruben Jacobs, who got my information was like, hey, man, you're dope. Uh, let's meet up. 
And, um, you know, I would love to be your mentor. You know, uh, let's meet up. Let's have lunch. But then ironically, um, there is a I'm speaking as him. You know, he said, ironically, there is a, a architecture firm that's having an open house. They just redid their whole firm and they're having a huge like cocktail hour at the firm. Uh, you should come out. That'll be the day we meet. But then also I could take you to this architecture firm and kind of like get the way of land and meet people, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, we met for lunch and had an amazing night. And then we went over to this architecture firm, which is Perkins and Will. And Perkins and Will, brief history, is one of the oldest architecture firms in the world. Uh, it's number two in the world in regards to design uh, underneath Gensler and AECOM. So like literally, um, that that's the firm I went to for this open house. And um, I, I hit it off with everybody, man. Like, so it was a great night, just having a casual conversation. And um, the next week, the HR manager calls me and was like, hey, you know, can I speak to Devon? I said, hey, this is he. It was Sean Bullock. Uh, head of HR for the LA office of Perkins and Will. She said, hey, I don't know what you did, but everybody in the office likes you. <laughs> so uh, so I would love to bring you in this week and uh, check out your resume and portfolio and, you know, see if there's any way we can potentially get you in here, uh, et cetera. So I, I met with her. She hooked me up with two of the junior designers that were going to, like, kind of cater my portfolio uh, to make it more professional and so that they can kind of, like, submit it to get me in. Uh, and I went to lunch with them. And, like, literally, like, a couple of days later, I was on my way to Coachella. And Sean called and said, hey, what are you doing Monday? And I'm like, uh, you know... I'm about to go out of town. I didn't want to let her know that I was going to Coachella <laughs> for the first time, about to get lit. So uh, she was like, yo, you know, um, we want to we hire you. So without any interview um, and not even trying to put my portfolio together, um, you know, they kind of hired me on the spot. And um, yeah, that's kind of like how I started, you know, my, my time at Perkins Will, man. So then you walked away. So I walked away. Yeah. So that, that that's, that's where the story turns. So. As most people know, or may not know, because architecture is very hidden, uh, and a lot of people don't know what goes in the culture, um, it's very conservative, man. Uh, and and just kind of make a long story short, there's also not too many people representing us in the leadership roles, uh, which is the case amongst a lot of different professions. So internally, I just felt like my creative genius was kind of being put in a vault. You know, and, and their, the way their structure is, it's not about the knowledge of what you know. They're, they're real old school in regards to, like, you got to put in 20, 30 years to get to the top. Uh, when, you know, in actuality, we're the ones bringing in the new technology and doing all the 3D modeling and, and scheduling, et cetera, et cetera. Like, we are the innovative firm as this junior staff. And then also just the way we learn as millennials and stuff, you know, everything's computer now. Uh, so, you know, we were really the leaders, not necessarily in tenure, but in regards to decision making and design process, you know, we, we were the ones leading the charge. But that wasn't being respected in regards to, you know, our, our roles in the company. Um, so, like I said, that's what was going on internally. And, and no shade on Ferguson Will, man. Uh, they're a very innovative firm, which makes them number two in the world. But I just felt like, you know, I, I had a higher calling than what was going on internally within the company. And then externally, um, you know, I have an amazing network. Uh, a group of friends such as yourself, you know, where when I was having casual conversations with my peers in my village, you know, one of the things that I, I that was lacking in the voice was in everybody's conversation was design. You know, like I had friends who were doctors and I was like, hey, you know, we go to these conventions and yeah, the, the content that these doctors are giving us to the whole lecture is amazing, but it would have been a lot better and we would be more in tune if there was an LED screen behind them, visuals going off, et cetera, or the lighting was better. So the conversations I would have with all my different friends across these different fields, eclectic fields, and that's kind of what hit my second like light bulb aha moment was like, yo, there's a void in design within the world. 
And given my, my background in architecture and creating immersive experience for people as buildings, but then also there's so much philosophy and psychology that goes into what we do as architects, me applying those skills to other fields, I think I can take that over and, and make some dope shit happen, you know, as well as like, you know, kind of like give them respect and patting myself on the back in regards to my talent. I'm like, yo, like I know I can do some amazing things. So I, I think that's what kind of gave me the confidence to really take that leap of faith and, and venture out and do my own thing, which, um, you know, I was at Perkins Will for like four or five years. And then um, I left and started my own company January 8th, 2017, man. And just, it's, you know, like the universe always gives me signs too, man. I, I'm very spiritual. And like, you know, I, I do believe in like like signs and messages. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like, like I said, God, Allah, Buddha, whoever you believe in, um, like, you know, they, they send us messages, man. And even like the message I told you about the historian coming, you know, like these are all things that I pay attention to that gives me the confidence to take those leap of faith and move through this life knowing that like anything I put my mind to and I put my energy in is going to happen. So with that being said, you know, like um, the, the week I wanted to leave um, the job, I was just like, yo, I'm over it. Like, I got to go. Like I'm, I'm having anxiety. Like I, I don't want to be here anymore. Like I'm just not feeling this. Like I want to do my own thing. Um, the moment I said, you know, like I'm done, I got a call like 15 minutes later uh, from from a friend of mine's dad who was like, hey, you know what? Um, hey, Devon, I heard that you're an architect. Uh, I don't know what you got on your plate right now, but I, I have a potential opportunity for you. I want to know if you have time. Uh, it's like $6,000. It's a rendering I need for a new church a building. Like, can you make this happen? I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. Yeah. Like, that's what I needed. And like, literally, like, this happened 15, 20 minutes after I sat on my desk and said, I don't want to be here no more, man. So I, I think, like I said, that was the icing on the cake in regards to, like, yo, you're making a good decision in regards to starting your own thing. And another thing that was just re really reassurance as well is, when I did decide to tell um, my village and then also even my peers and, and the people at the company that I was leaving, uh, everybody's response was congratulations. It's about time, you know, and not like, hey, are, are you are you sure? Do you want to reconsider? <laughs> are you crazy? Uh, that's actually my grandparents. It's my, my grandmother. You know, she's the one that's just like, hey. Hey, make sure your, your benefits are straight. You know, I, I don't want you to be no struggling artist. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they get it now, and I respect that. Um, but a majority of the people were like, yo, you know, um, yeah, do your thing, man. You know, like, we, we have faith in you. We, we know you're going to make this happen. And now we're here. <laughs> now we're here. Four years later. Now we're here. You know, I, I love that because, honestly, you know, again, paying attention to signs, trusting yourself, knowing your worth. I mean, those are all themes out of that that. Out of that story, right? You yeah. know, knowing you, knowing who you are, um, you've always carried yourself with a lot, a lot of wisdom, Davon. I'm just coming off of just basic knowledge. Like you've always had, like you've been a very wise soul. Like you've been here before. I'm sure you've heard that before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I probably have told you, it's like, you've been here before. It's like, why are you acting like you are like a 60-year-old man? Like, you <laughs> Yoda amongst 20-year-olds. It doesn't make any sense. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, uh, it, it's it's paid off. And so, you know, I, I'm really interested, you know, you, you kind of fast forward us four years later, we're here. You know, what has what has been the ins and outs of of the work that you do? Um, you know, what is it, you know, how does it look? How does it operate? How does it function? How has it been able to build, you know, because, you know, 
with social media, you can you can see a lot of cool announcements. You can see a lot of cool visuals and you are the visual king um, where where, you know, we can see all the, the amazing impact that you're having. But like the behind the scenes pieces of it, like we don't see as much. Um, can right. you take us through that? Like, you know, so you, you go off into, you know, starting your own business. You're starting to get deals. You're starting to, you know, build out your network. You're starting to do all these things. Um, what has that been like? So, I mean, kind of starting off, man, um, you know, of course, when, you, when you're always starting off your business, man, I had to be every, from the creative um, to the person that was marketing myself, my own attorney, uh, accountant, you know, uh, I had to take on many hats, which was exhausting, uh, but it was also worth it as well. And kind of having one of the, the blessings about being a part of a big company and such as Perkins Will, that's another thing that gave me my confidence was like, yo. I've been in the mix of what it takes to run a Fortune 500 company. And, and I was able to apply that to kind of like make the transition smoother, but it was still very, very hard, you know, uh, in, in a good way. But, you know, I feel like a lot of creatives, they kind of go into it raw, for lack of better terms. And it's just like literally like it can just it's, it can swallow you up, you know. Um, and like I said, having that foundation and structure allow me to move through it swiftly. And little things just like knowing how to send a proper email, um, knowing how to put together decks, you know, like that's what got me a long way. You know, like that's what got me in the door, really. And outside of my network and, and my friends, you know, I like so I have amazing friends who like the moment they found out and family too, the moment they found out that, you know, I was, you know, quitting my job and, and, and starting my own thing, they start putting the word out. You know, and I had um, a, a few friends, like one in particular, like Dan Allen, you know, um, went to Hampton with us. He uh, is a photographer for Chance the Rapper, you know, and he was just like at the time, you know, working with Chance a lot. This is when Chance, before Chance really blew up. This is right after Acid Rap when he put out that mixtape. Uh, Chance was getting a lot of recognition. He was like, yo, I'm doing all this photography, bro. Um, you know, we, we, we about to go on tour. We need a stage design. Let's just, just make up something real quick and send it to me and do casual conversation. Mm -hmm. I could potentially, like, you know, plug you in uh, if you need a stage designer and shit, you know? So those are the type of, like, initiatives and, and like, help I was getting from the village, you know, just showing love, you know? Uh, and, and that was across the board on all of our family and friends, man. But going back to the process, man, um, my first major job, I would say, like, kind of, like, in the industry, entertainment and production design outside of architecture, um, I was hired to be the lead architect for the Trap Museum. Uh, and and that, that really taught me a lot. And the way I got that job was um, one of my mom's best friends. Uh, it's from L.A., he moved to uh, to Atlanta to pursue music and he became a producer, uh, all that good stuff. Um, anyway, when I told him that I was in my job and what I wanted to do in regards to production design, set design and architecture, uh, he was like, hey, let me hook you up with a couple of people uh, who will who do a lot of music videos, et cetera. You know, and I think they'll really you know, need your help on a lot of things, cool things that you do, um, which uh, from that relationship linked me to Antoinette McLaughlin, uh, who brought me into the Trap Museum project, man. And initially, it was just supposed to be like putting together a deck for the pitch. But then I saw a void in regards to like, hey, you know, you guys have nobody to be your voice when it comes to this build out and the, the mediator from the creative team to the contractors to the client. Uh, so that's what I became, you know, and uh, that, that project taught me a lot, man. Um, whether the good and bad, man, I, I think it was my favorite because of the lessons it taught me. Uh, it, it was very stressful <laughs> at certain points. Um, but at the same time, like, that's the one that really, like, gave me the tough skin and, and made me a businessman as, as an artist, you know. And, and one of the some of the things it taught me was like, yo, make sure your contracts are in place. You know, going back to knowing your worth, knowing rates. I think that's the hardest part as creatives. You know, like art is so subjective, mm -hmm. you know, and like 
it's not until you kind of get that name that people, and even when you have that name, people say, oh, you're just an artist, man. Like, I can draw a picture. Mm-hmm. I can draw a floor plan. I can go on HGTV. They they build houses in 30 minutes. <laughs> like, you know, it's just like, nah, bro, they cut it down. Like, it took them five, six months to design that house and get permits and create a budget and all the other stuff and other things that you don't see. Um, yeah, so in regards to like, you know, where we are now, like so I do architecture. Um, I just got hired to, well, not just got hired, earlier this year, I was brought on to um, be the lead designer for a museum for Metro Transit, uh, which is like, you know, the biggest bus and railing and, and trains out here on the West Coast. Um, I also um, am doing a bunch of like shows. We just wrapped up BT Awards, City Girls, uh, which I was a part of like creating all the content for the screens and and curating the overall storyline. Um, you know, coordinating with the lighting team. Um, like, literally, like, talk what about, I do... Talk day- about, Davon, talk about... I'm going yeah. to act like your father on this call. Talk about some more of your, your projects <laughs> that you've done, man. You've done you've done way more projects than, than some of the things that you've talked about this year. So, so man. Some of all the things that you've done, all the people that you worked with. Yeah, so you know what? Um, this, this interview... I'm, 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 I'm going to start with this. Look, this interview is going to be better than that artsy magazine feature. <laughs> so, I, I, like, yeah, yeah. My, my determination to... Be, I'll, I'll do them in this conversation <laughs> is serious. So, yeah. so let's talk about that. Nah, it's all good, man. You know, you're my brother. You got all the juice. So, uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm going to start with this. Like, because of this is what I do and this is what I'm called to do, man. Like, a lot of times, like, I don't process, like, all the amazing people we worked with, you know? And um, I, ha- I was in the process of getting um, verified for Instagram, and they had me, like, put together a list of everybody I work with over the, you know, over my, my tenure of being a creative. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until then I was like, holy shit, like, I don't work with a lot of great people. <laughs> so that was, like, my pat on the back. I was like, God damn, bro, you ain't doing your thing, man. You're making your mama proud. Um, but with that being said, like, I, I work with, um, I've worked with Hennessy, Pepsi, uh, SoFi Stadium, uh, the new stadium out here in Inglewood, um, the Rams, Easter Ray. Uh, I, I've worked with Michelle Obama. Um, I just got hired to be the the, the creative director for um, Barack Obama's 60th birthday, which is taking place in fall. Um, TI, City Girls, BT, uh, Masego, uh, RCA, Atlantic Records, uh, Coachella, the Grammys. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I can keep going. You can keep going. Um, yeah. Brennan DeVos, <laughs> which was the icing on the cake. Oh. Yeah, man. Like, wow. Um, and man. I, well, with that being said, man, like, I, I love being able to work with my family, bro. And, um, and, you know, I, I know I named some big names, but, bro, like you said, like the full circle moments, us on this call right now is such a blessing and it's special. Um, you know, I, when I did the Masego project, I was able to work with uh, Kira Harper, who went to Hampton with us, man, an amazing dancer. And, and to see her, like, not necessarily starting off her dance career, but really getting the thick of her dance career in college. Uh, and, you know, her working with Beyonce and Coachella. And then for her to bless me with her presence. Um, and when I asked her to be a part of the Sego project, like that was beautiful. And so, man, you know, so, you know, outside of working with these big names and big brands, man, you know, I, I've been able to work with, you know, my family on a lot of these different projects too. And, and that's been absolutely amazing. I'm, I'm taking in all of all the things that you're saying. Yeah, um, yeah, man. That that Barack Obama 60th birthday uh, drop was it was was something I did not know. So yeah, um, I know, I know, and uh, that's exclusive. Um, so 
Ooh. you might have to, um, you know, release this podcast after we do the project. You know, when, when, <laughs> when, oh, it's oh yeah, yeah. This will come out. This will come out after his birthday. Wow, man. All right, all right cool, cool, yeah, cool. Yeah, this so, is, we're good. This is, this, is, this is a foreshadow. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Let's foreshadow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you know, I don't even know where to go from there. Like that's that's a that's heavy, man. I mean, again, like you're just doing so many incredible things. I I, I will say this, you know. I, I do know that architecture and the field of architecture and the field of, uh, of design is, is lacking, you know, so much diversity. Um, and, you know, I really appreciate how you center identity in all the work that you do. And I'm curious when you think about just like your impact or your lasting impact, you know, what do you, what do you foresee that to be? And how do you, how will you consider, uh, moving forward, centering identity and in purpose in all the work that you do? Well, I think that's just like something I can't run from, you know, like, I don't know if you remember the movie Slumdog Millionaire, but you know, when he was like, basically who wants to be a millionaire and each question, the reason why he got it right pertains to a situation or part of his story that he had in his life that gave him the answers um, to, to get to that prize. And I, I feel like that's my life in regards to my work. Like everything I do is inspired by my my story, my struggles, my family, my friends, my village, uh, my 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 lectures and lessons that I learned in school. Like that's something that will always be a part of my work because it's me, you know. Um, in regards to like giving back to the community and, and what I do for my village and my people, um, you know, I teach. You know, I, I think that's a huge thing. Um, not only do I, I do the architecture and production design on my, my day to day, but then also um, I, I'm a guest professor for um, for college students. Uh, you know, so I teach architecture, uh, 3D modeling, Photoshop. And, and, and really, you know, when I start off my lectures, it's like, yo, this is what I've done as an architect. But then also this is applied to and thinking outside the box. Um, and it, it's nice, you know, and growing up, I always wish there was someone like me um, in these different positions of, of being teachers. You know, um, you know, a lot of our teachers were older, you know, and, and it's, uh, you know, you always had that one like young, cool teacher that came in. And everybody gravitated towards him or him or her, you know, and um, I've or always just, wanted to. Or just more relevant, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah, it exactly. Older, it's just like, you know, be more culturally relevant. You can talk yeah. about that's 50 years ago and it's just like, and you have no connection to what's happening in the current time. It's difficult. Cool. Yeah, yeah, man. And I, I like I, I've always wanted to be that kind of light um, to the next generation, man, because I wish I had it. You know, and I, I know I gave the story about like, you know, architecture kind of like being a part of my, my bloodline. But like outside of that, I feel like I was kind of by myself in, in this in this mission of, of figuring shit out. You know, my family always say I was like, you know, the, the test dummy baby uh, <laughs> in a family, you know, the one that was, you know, traveling and, and studying abroad and, and going away to school and stuff like that was always me. And I was always like the first person to kind of test it out, uh, which was, was dope. It's blessing. You know, it's meant for me to do that. Uh, but with that being said, like I have moments where I, I wish somebody was able to kind of like give me the answers, mm. you know, or at least like here's the here's here's the way you should go, bro. <laughs> you know, and um, I, I feel like that's the, a story with a lot of people within our culture. It's, it's like that, every gen, every generation. Go ahead. I was going to say, it sounds like in, in in its own way, though, Davon, life gave you the answer. Yeah, exactly. And life like like I said, you know, in, in the Slumdog Millionaire analogy, like, you know, I might not have gotten the specific answers in regards to my, my career path mm -hmm. because I was, you know, the first one from my immediate family to kind of take that route. 
But the lessons that I learned helped me along that path, you know? Uh, and and my family is absolutely amazing, man. You talked about me being like, you know, growing up and, and when we were kids, you know, being like the, the wise one, not the group. But that's because of the foundation that was instilled in me amongst my family, man. Um, and, and they've always been like super humble and embracing people. Uh, we talked about like, you know, the old folks being hip. That was my family too. You know, my grandparents, you know, like they, they had their old tradition and their old ways, but they also, they did an amazing job of adapting and wanting to understand where we were coming from as well and, and showing us respect, you know? Um, and they're also like just being fully transparent, you know, which, which gave me tough skin. It was just like, yo, like, it's cool. Like it's all going to work out. Uh, if, and also like when it came to like making friends or, you know, like going through college or just life, you know, not like letting shit get to me. That's because the love of my family was so great. You know, so when I had moments where like people kind of rubbed me the wrong way or our face adversity, it was just like, well, shit, if my family's good and I go home, we have peace, then nothing else in the world matters to me. <laughs> you know, um, so that that's why like uh, one of the biggest compliments we get on site, you know, when I bring in my team and my company and myself, it's just like, yo, like whatever we throw at you guys, you guys handle the craze. You don't stress out. Literally, they know, like, inside, I'm like, holy shit, what the hell is going on? <laughs> but, like, at the same time, I know we're going to work out, you know? And even if something necessarily doesn't work out, which it always does, like, there's nothing we can do about it but just move on and, and figure out the next move and find a solution, you know? Um, so, yeah, so that's that. Gems, gems. Uh, yeah. So I'll close this conversation out with um, my last question, which what does legacy look like for you when it's all said and done? What does legacy look like? So um, in regards to like the future, man, um, so I'm, I'm teaching. So ho hopefully I'm leaving my mark on, you know, these young people that are underneath me and sometimes people older than me uh, that are taking my class and kind of like learning, you know, and I've gotten a lot of like, you know, um, kudos on that. Um, in regards to a physical legacy, um, I'm in the process of creating an artist compound in Brazil. Um, in so we just Brazil. Oh so yeah, so so Brazil Brazil is one of the biggest um, black is is the biggest black culture outside of Africa, man. Uh, and Bahia Salvador or Salvador Bahia uh, in in particular is one of the three major cities in Brazil. Um, and it was the first stop of the Atlantic slave trade. Uh, the U.S. was the second stop. So like literally like a lot of our family and close descendants, you know, like we go to a lot of def uh, destinations with, you know, our culture and people from diaspora. But Bahia in particular are, you know, the, our, our direct descendants in regards to people from the U.S., you know, um, so immediately when I land, I, I just felt this connection and I was getting deja vu every two seconds, <laughs> you know, all that good stuff, man. So like literally like I had a calling with one of my brothers, David Wilson, which is like, yo, like we need to kind of like create that legacy and, and, and really bridge the gap from the culture and the connection to the the ethics of, you know, our origins that they have, but then also the new age technology and innovation. And they're also more Western ideas and, um, and progression that we have in the States and kind of like bridging that gap to, to create a monster, man. Um, so like I said, you know, we're giving back, creating an artist compound out there and then also creating a safe haven space for our, our peers and brothers and sisters out here to be able to go and experience that culture uh, and be able to kind of like bring in resources and knowledge, et cetera. But then also, once again, uh, get that that culture and spirit from that end as well. Uh, so yeah, we got we got that going on in Brazil, man. Uh, which I feel like a lot of times, you know, we feel like all of our resources have to be put in the states. 
But there's so much, there's so many other places in the world that have an audience waiting for us, you know, uh, and, and the States is so oversaturated. Europe is oversaturated, but there, there's so many other things. And also with, with our technology advancing, uh, even like one of the blessings of COVID is kind of forced us to see that um, being remote is a thing, you know, um, so it's allowing us to be able to travel and still take care of stuff, uh, but then also to be able to, you know, um, have our energy in, in other destinations as well that really need us. Um, so that's what's going on, you know, in, in Brazil and out of the country. Um, internally, uh, in L.A., in the States, uh, I'm also working on um, getting a theater space within um, it's located in South Central. And uh, my same neighbor that uh, brought me on for my first project for a circle moment, uh, he passed his way. He passed away um, but a few years ago, but he left his estate to his daughter, uh, Lisa Morris, who's absolutely amazing. And, um, you know, she reached out to me when she found out, you know, how great the business is doing and, and said that, hey, we have a whole listing of spaces, you know, that I have under my belt right now. And um, let me know if potentially use one. And ironically, that was at a time where the business was growing. And then also, like, I was just looking for a space, you know, to kind of like be able to provide and um, a, a sanctuary, safe haven uh, for the people within our circle. And, um, you know, that's one of the things that's really lacking. Um, as I talk to all my friends, you know, I have some friends and peers doing amazing shit, but nobody has a space, you know, um, like literally like one of my cousins, he's a, a sound engineer. He's working, he's worked with Timbaland and all kinds of different artists, man. And he doesn't have his own recording studio. You know, he's spending a bunch of money at Universal or whatever, renting out their studios and it's breaking the bank as much as he makes is taking all this check, you know, uh, or, or just having somewhere just to ha ha have home, you know, you know, and, and that, that's across the board in all these different respective fields with our village, like everybody's lacking space, you know, so that's one of the reasons why I want to invest in something like a, th a theater space, uh, another little artist compound out here in the States and, and in California specifically in South Central to be able to provide that, um, you know, that compound for the squad, you know, uh, which will allow us to just, you know, really be able to enhance and put our energy twice full into what we do and then um, also be able to kind of like, you know, bring it back to the village, man. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Legacy, legacy, legacy. Well, look, <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of you. This is this has been Appreciate a it, man. phenomenal Back at you. I, I, yeah. I look forward to continue to watching all the things that you do, as I'm sure the world uh, is watching as well. Um, so I'm excited. So I'm just going to sit back and just keep watching you soar. But um, until then, I want everybody to know how to get to you. So, Okay, so real quick, if they want to learn more about you, it's www.davonjohnson.com, correct? Correct. And then it's on Instagram, Davon underscore the creator, uh, if they want to follow you and get all the immediate updates. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and how else can people get in touch with you? Um, I mean, you can reach me through email, um, mgmt at davonjohnson.com. Uh, that's my management. And I think that's like the top three, man. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. This is Davon Johnson, and this is the Black Stage. Mm -hmm.